Hello, and welcome to The Franchise Life. I am your host, Stacey Shannon. Today, we have a fantastic brand that is focused on child education and development, and specifically in sports enrichment. And that brand is called Soccer Stars. And today with me, I have the founder and president of Soccer Stars, John Erlinson, and also Jessica McLean, who is the Director of Franchise Development for Soccer Stars. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Well, uh, one caveat, I'm the co-founder, so my uh, my business partner couldn't be here today, but uh, got to give a shout out to Adam Geisler, too, as the other half of the puzzle. He's the yin to my yang. Awesome. Thanks for that clarification. <laughs> Okay, John, you this uh, Soccer Stars was actually founded in 2000, and you have grown since you started franchising in 2022 to over 25 franchisees that equate to approximately 50 territories, which in that short amount of time of franchising is phenomenal. So... Share with us what is Soccer Stars. Yeah, so we actually bought the company. We uh, raised private equity money. So <laughs> every origin story, I think of a good franchise award, is really kind of rooted in the same thing that the franchisees go through. Um, I imagine you you've advised franchisees in your life, and and they're going through a big life change, right? Absolutely. So myself and my partner at a company that was like a Harvard case study in terms of it grew from a startup to one of the largest licensing companies in the world behind Disney. So we we bought everything from celebrity estates, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, Muhammad Ali. Uh, We bought, you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, 51% of his brand rights. We then bought Spider and Prince Tennis and Juicy Couture. It was an amazing business, but... It lacked one thing for really Adam and I. We have exercise physiology degrees. We love kids and we love sports. And for me, seeing a Marilyn Monroe poster in the world was cool, but it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't like I was changing the world and the deals I was doing. And so Adam and I had had, uh, really started exploring this youth sports space at, at that point in time. And we started to realize that the opportunity was to bring a lot of sophisticated business practices, a decent amount of of capital to invest in things like software and backend functions, and essentially support what were these incredible franchisees and an incredible industry of people that just care about kids and have passion for the business, but with more advanced tools. So they they could become bigger business owners. They weren't just replacing a job. And so today we have a platform called Youth Athletes United. Soccer Stars is one of three brands that we have. Soccer Stars is by far the biggest brand that we have. Um, It's the fastest growing brand we have. And the reason is soccer is everybody's first sport, right? If you can walk, you can kick a ball. And so essentially the difference between us and what, you know, most people think about soccer is most people think about soccer, they think leagues, they think tournaments, they think teams. We are really first sport experience. That's where we're focused. We bring the soccer to the kids. So if there's, you know, grass, kids and time or even floor space, it could be a parking lot. It could be a gym. It could be a classroom. We'll bring all the equipment. We'll bring the content. We'll bring the curriculum. 
And anywhere between 30 minutes to a one hour class, our coaches deliver just an amazing experience. And we just do that over and over. The kids keep coming back. And the, the underlying theme is it's fun first and then soccer skills second and life skills third. So we're teaching every step of the way, but the kids don't actually realize they're learning, which is the best type of learning there is. Well, as a mom of two boys uh, that are now 27 and 29, I have definitely been a consumer of these services. My oldest son actually played competitive soccer through high school. Uh, my husband actually played competitive soccer in college. And so soccer has been a huge part of our lives. And I can tell you one of the most frustrating things, um, and again, boys are 27 and 29, was back when, you know, they were in elementary school or middle school, uh, this was very, the technology and the organization and so forth was lacking. I mean, this was very much a word, word of mouth type. This is when practices are and so forth. So when I learned about soccer stars, uh, you know, your recruitment platform and the technology uh, foundation is very appealing, especially from an investor standpoint. Yeah. Well, think about it from the consumer standpoint. Let's start there. Mom doesn't compare the booking experience with you to, you know, the other local sports program. She compares that to Amazon. Right. She wants one click login. She wants easy reminders. She wants to know that she's not going to be on a wait list. So all of those things we just said are the most obvious things we need to fix. The, the, the business we actually bought, um, you know, had been built over 20 years and it's just like this amazing, amazing product. And so we looked and said, well, we don't really need to fix the product, right? We, we joke, it's like the in and out burger of the soccer industry. The product is perfect. It's amazing. It just needs everything else around it to support these owners. So they're not just replacing a job by going out and coaching 10 soccer classes. Anybody can do that but they're actually building a sustainable, scalable business. And to your point too, Stacey, when you mentioned having the firsthand experience with your boys and then the technology, there's also the whole learning management element of our technology as well, which I find resonates with a lot of parents out there because there are a lot of parents out there who over the years are forced to volunteer coach their kids, right? Because nobody else wants to do it. And so they do it so that their kid can participate and they can play. And I can't tell you how many people I've had say to me, you know, we found ourselves YouTubing, what the heck are we supposed to teach these kids at these practices, right? We don't know what we're doing. And so in our world, and I know for people like that, this really resonates with them, the curriculum, which is incredible. And again, like John said, has been developed over the course of the last almost 20 years. Our CPO actually has been with Dean, John, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been about 17 years. Right, that he's been with soccer. Sorry, the, the team. What makes us so special is that team that founded this twenty years ago. They're still here, right? They, they started with you know no office, working in, uh, in in their basement, going out to Central Park with a bag of balls and and a dream, and they're still here guiding owners. So there's no problem that an owner has seen. You're not talking to some MBA or some technician. You're talking to somebody that has built this business in every market across the country, seen every challenge, seen every opportunity, and they help you identify both, solve problems, and then get going on to the next thing. And that that management team, who also are owners in the business as well, because we like everybody from the top down to, to feel like they own the business. So a lot of our employees have fandom equity as well. Because when that 
franchise owner has a problem on you know Saturday morning. They don't want to hear that, hey, you guys are all working nine to five Monday through Friday. They have a Saturday problem that needs to be solved, and we want people to feel incentivized to pick up the phone and feel like it's their own, and it's worked really well. So, John, today, are you? Do you own and operate a soccer stars territory of your own? Yeah, so I own about twenty. Uh, what would be equivalent to equivalent to about twenty units? Um, and so we always say, like, I, my favorite saying is, "Is I'll never ask you to do something with your money that I didn't do with my own." So oftentimes owners call, I've got the greatest idea in the world. I want to open up a soccer store with a field. And I'm like, well, I tried it. Didn't quite work out the way I'd hoped. Stick to the business model. Let me show you all the money I lost so you don't make the same mistake. Right? <laughs> and so it, it, or there's other times where we'll say, okay, we think we have the greatest idea, you know, in the last five years and we're going to pilot it and it works really well. So by the time I hand it to a franchise owner say, hey, you have to invest in this, you're going to need equipment. I need to hire some people. I can show them the math and say, look, I've already made this money. And so we definitely probably are too big on the operating side because it does take up a, a decent amount of our time. And so we are selling off some of the further out regions and converting them where some of our employees will become owners and take over. But we are never getting out of the operating business. It's just you, you have to be close to the product. You got to live it. Otherwise, someone calls you and like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Stacy, you can. I was just going to say quickly. You can imagine that really shines through and emulates through the validation part of the process as well with the franchisees. Um, you know, and then they still say, and and mind you, you know, the the growth is happening in the way that it is. But there are still franchisees who say they call John. You know, John specifically. There's a great team in place too. But that's one of the things I left a. a franchise system that I was with for about 10 years, a decade to come and do what I'm doing now. And one of the biggest drivers for me was what John just described and this team of people and the mission that they and we are now on together. Absolutely. I mean, hearing that the founder is keeping a pulse on the business through uh, ownership and management of his own territories. I, I mean, that's invaluable. So um, I may have heard through the grapevine, John, that you have uh, a very endearing coach name, which is Coach Marshmallow. Yes, that, that is my, my coach name. So we tell all of our Z's and all of our uh, coaches, listen, the best way to disarm kids like, and get them to know you and, and you know really like you is come up with a silly coach name, right? Be Coach Pineapple, be Coach Blueberry, right? It's like, hi, kids, you know, uh, you know, my name is John, but my friends like to call me Coach Marshmallow. They always burst out laughing. Even the real little ones that are scared of a big bald guy, when I get down on their level and they're like, you know, first class, they don't know what to do because I still go out, I'll coach a couple times a year. It's fun, right? You got to be close to the product. And I'm like, hi, buddy, I'm Coach Marshmallow. What's your name? They burst out laughing. Like, and or you at least get a smile. And I'm like, see, you like that, right? Like, and mom and dad get the joke. And so all of those nuances, the details of anything and the execution of those details are what makes something great. And so relentless focus on things like that, that just sets us apart from everybody else. I, I absolutely. There's, a, there's a, a recent testimonial that came through. Um, I don't know whether it was a Google review or what it was, but we have a coach named Coach Success. 
And the mom had submitted a review about coach success. And the whole review was they had, I think it was during the world cup. And so soccer was on TV and they were watching and her child kept saying, coach success does that better coach success can do that you know while the game was on and so again it's that special feeling plus the, the names are memorable right so like john said that is that is a that i try to articulate that to people that that element of our what we would call curriculum is what makes us different in comparison the, the other thing that is really cool about it that i've noticed is we've the lead flow has been unreal like we we we've actually slowed down because we are, we're in this for the long haul. We're having way too much fun to be stuck with partners that don't like us and we don't like them or they don't fit the culture. And so what's been really cool is if I tell you that marshmallow thing and your first reaction is to kind of cringe, then you're probably not right for this kid's business. And, and so you'll hear some of the, the absentee owners, but well, I'm not going to be on the field. But that's not the point. You have to build a culture of people that believe in the mission and believe in the brand. That's what this this type of employee that's around, even if they're part-time, that's what they want to be involved in nowadays. They want to feel like they're part of something. It's the reason we left an unbelievable company on paper, business study, case study. You look at the outside and you go, this is the most one of the most amazing companies ever. And it was, but it, it didn't, you know, it wasn't fulfilling every single day for what I wanted. And so the whole point was in terms of our franchise partners coming in, I tell them, look, you're my customer and you're my business partner at the same time. Well, why do we teach our employees to think like that? Because it affects every decision we make about the franchise system. If I look at you as a business partner, I'm number one, we have a lot of respect. We're doing things together. And a lot of Zor's look, Zor's up here, Z's down here. It's the way it is. You'll do what I tell you. Follow the manual. Right? Yeah, like that's the stupidest yeah. way ever to live because you have some of the best ideas because you're on the ground every day executing, right? So all I have to do is listen, put it on a checklist and make sure we execute it on a reasonable timeline. Seems pretty simple. And then the other part is, well, I see you as my business partner. I also see you as my customer because I think it's super important for us to have a relentless focus on what the franchisee needs to get their job to get more green time and less screen time. And what do I mean by that? We implemented a new royalty sheet for the year, and I got a text the other day saying, hey, the new royalty sheet is a little bit onerous, but I've got a really good idea because you just launched this new report in the technical system, and I believe with a couple tweaks, we can automate the whole royalty process, and I, it'll spit out, and all I have to do is hit correct. Call him back immediately. Tell me how you did it. He's like, well, I need to manipulate the poor report. I've got a pivot table. Said, send it over to our CTO. In eight weeks, we will launch that for all the franchisees, saving them an infinite amount of administrative time. That's, you got to be that relentless with your partners. And then they'll be that relentless with their employees. who will be that relentless about being great with the kids. It just flows right down to the field. No, you are absolutely correct. I mean, culture flows down from the top. And so that brings me to Jessica. I mean, you have this fantastic relationship with John, uh, one of the co-founders. You are the first point of contact for most of the prospects that are looking at Soccer Stars as an, a potential investment opportunity. What type of people are you getting? Um, well, let's just look at the ones that have invested so far. What does that breadth of background look like from an yeah. investor standpoint? I'll, I'll tell a quick story of one of our very first franchisees um, you know, who trained. We had a training uh, group in, in January here. 
And they are, and this is actually the case for two of our new franchisees in this group, they are franchisees with other systems already. Um, so one group, a husband and wife duo, and a, a lot of success thus far with, again, people who are married, who have kids, who have been through the experience of enrolling their kids in classes of this nature, you know, care about community impact and have a passion for the importance of this sort of thing that we're talking about today. So I'd say that's one key core component. Um, anyway, so one group, they're, Co they're Kona Ice franchisees. Stacey, I don't know if you're familiar with Kona. Most are. Absolutely. And uh, so in my very first conversation with them, and I really focus, um, and I think, I think as a team, we're this way, we're talkers, right? Like this is about talking to people. This isn't about me bringing up like a slideshow of points and presenting it. We want to talk to you, you know, tell me who you really are, right? And I had someone just say to me the other day, I really appreciate, they said the human element of the process, right? Like we're talking human to human. And anyhow, so I said to Melinda and Landon in our first conversation, we were talking about their experience with Kona. And I said to them, what's your favorite thing of everything that you've accomplished with Kona? What's your favorite thing about Kona? And Melinda answered first. And she said to me, she said, the smiles on the kids' faces when we see them. And so right there, you know, right there, I thought, okay, this is a really strong potential match for us when you get a response like that. Then we have another new, um, really incredible group launching into the Omaha market in Nebraska. And, um, they already are Orange Theory franchisees. Not only that, but again, parents, they have kids, they have a passion for sports, and one of them soccer specifically. But I do want to be clear too in saying that soccer-specific passion isn't necessary with what we do either. It doesn't have to be soccer, but it's got to be that passion, you know, for, again, the kids and the community impact. So, again, and in their case, and the same is true with Melinda and Landon, they understand franchise systems. That's not necessary because we can teach and provide that. But we've got to know, you know, that you can be silly, even if you're not out there teaching the classes like what John said, you get that part of it because it's such an important part of our sort of genetic makeup as a brand. Um, and, the, the, you know, the, the passion and the impact on the kids is meaningful to, to you. And then I think we're also looking for business minded people that have the entrepreneurial grit that you need to take a system and execute it because we know the system's there, mm -hmm. you know, but you do need that grit, as we all know, from a franchising standpoint to really be able to execute. Tell everybody is, you know, money is a wonderful byproduct of doing a great job on the field. Right. And there are other businesses where money is kind of the angle. And you'll get to the same place. It just can't be the first thing you wake up, wake up, think about every day. And because it'll show through, because think about this, the sale, you have to go find space. So nine times out of 10, you're talking to somebody that's controlling a nonprofit, a school, an elementary, uh, a private school, um, a charter school, a preschool. Some of the daycares are owned by private equity. So, but for the most part, parks and rec departments, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, all those places, they're not in it for the business. They're in it for their own portion of what they do for the community, right? So if your mindset is money, 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 it will show up and, and you won't get arrested. And, you know, when we talk about the owners, I think beyond passion, you don't have to be able to sell. You have to be comfortable going out and just talking to people because networking is how you get the space. If you go to a space where there's already kids, fish where the fish are kind of thing, it's pretty easy to fill the classes. You'd be shocked after you know, 20 years of explosive, explosion in grassroots soccer, how many open spaces there are where it's just like, man, you can create the demand 
by basically bringing it to mom and the kid for convenience. And so, you know, the, the growth runway we feel is, is, you know, not infinite, but it's got a long, long, long way to go. And to John's point, and I think generally in franchising too, Stacey, and I know you know this, a lot of people, regardless of the type of brand, they really want to understand what the business development sales piece looks like. And in general, there's typically fear, right, related to that element of it, like how hard is it? And so to John's point, first of all, certainly if it's a person who's not comfortable getting out there and talking to people and or having that number two person who's going to be doing that, it's not going to be the right fit for us. But on the flip side of that, the conversations themselves it's much different than walking into a school and talking to them about why the desks that you're selling are so much better than the desks that the kids are sitting in today, right? Like that product feel type sale. There's a genuine common interest when you're having these conversations about these type of enrichment programs and the betterment of the kids. So if anything, you know, we talk objections, it's more so we don't have space available or we're already running X program or so on and so forth. John, correct me if I'm wrong, but that type of feel, right? Correct. Well, and that's a great point is uh, this this type of model. So it's a home-based business model. It does not require office space, brick and mortar. Um, you have light equipment, so very low capital investment. Uh, but really, and seasonality doesn't matter either because, I mean, I, I grew up, my kids grew up in Iowa, very seasonal uh, area in the United States, and they could play soccer year-round. In the winter time, we went indoors, and in the spring and summer, we were outdoors. Um, right. You know, it, it's it, this is as you guys are talking. It's really interesting. I spoke with a client of mine last night. He was my last call of the day. We've been in touch for over a year. Uh, he took he took quite a break uh, time wise. But we reconnected recently again, and his number one um, area of passion is child education and development. And it's really, he lives in a small town area. Um, a lot of the the different concepts I feature on my podcast, he's like, you know, those would never, they just wouldn't be succeed in an area like I live. And he's in Oklahoma. Um, and I, I just kept soccer, I just soccer stars, soccer stars, soccer stars, but I hadn't done a territory check and I just wanted to say, I've got the concept that would work for you. (laughs) That would be perfect. (laughs) Um, so lo and behold, I will be presenting it to him, uh, cause there is territory available now. I know that. Um, yeah, yeah. But Uh, This is such, it is a feel-good business. You're making a difference in people's lives. And uh, the investment level, oh my gosh, when you look at an investment, the investment level is just phenomenal as well. So Jessica, let's turn to you again. And can you just walk through what those financials of investment look like? Yeah. So, and, and it is, it's a, it's a low investment. You're looking at 49.5 from a franchise fee standpoint for one territory. Your all in investment for one territory is going to be under $90,000. As you mentioned earlier, Stacey, this is a mobile brand. So beyond, you know, your insurance 
your equipment, you know, participating in the training, there aren't many costs. Um, so, and then beyond that point, from a financial standpoint, and if we're talking item 19 and financial performance representations, these numbers are incredibly strong and so are the margins. Um, so the average unit volume that people, you know, are looking at when we're looking at our 2021 numbers, is about $1.3 million. Now the median's about 700 K the margins are approximately 35, 40%. But what's so incredible. And what I find a lot of people that I'm talking to are really interested in just beyond how great those numbers are. Cause one thing too, is I think some people, they're just not educated on the opportunity that's there with brands like this. And some people make the assumption there's not a lot of money to be made in youth enrichment, you know, in this space in general. So there's that piece of it, but this is, and I, I've been in franchising about a decade, like I said, the most detailed item 19 you could ever imagine. There's almost 30 pages worth of data. So when we're looking at a location that's approximately one territory, let's say, you know, they're doing, let's just say $400,000 in gross revenue, just as an example, we actually have full P&L statements for all of the locations and detail on if I'm looking to do four or $500,000 or $750,000 in gross revenue, approximately how many locations, if I'm a franchisee, do I need to be targeting to run classes out of, right? Like, is it 20? Is it 30? So there's that level of detail plus full P&Ls for all of the locations in the item 19. So for people who are really wanting to paint a picture and projections and pro formas, they have the ability to do that because of how detailed this is. Plus the margins, like I said, are really strong and the overall revenue numbers are super strong too. And I think that comes from a lot of the, again, the background and the story that John told as to how we got to where we are today, starting with Gustavo through to John and Adam and the team and what they've now done over the course of the past five years or so. That's a great point about the item 19. For So, I mean, that level of transparency, you guys have to be in the top 5%, if not top 2% in that level of transparency of financial. What's not said in there, and this is what a lot of people are confused about, is they go, well, wait, I can invest 100000 and I can make you know, a half a million on the low end and a million on the high end. I don't get that math. And this is the, this is the unspoken thing. And we have another, you know, I got a lot of sex. I'm never going to tell you anything today that after you sign, I'm going to say one thing different. So what I tell everybody is, look, the difference between this and say a retail location where you might put a half a million dollars in and you might be able to get to a million or two million is you can go from zero to a million in year one, right? A crumble cookie opens up and you're there. This is not that. So it's slow and steady. So you can stack, if you're full in and you're working this thing full time and you're focused, you can stack two to 250 a year, right? So it might take you five years to get there. So that's, it's an important thing to understand that it's great math profile, but there is a little bit of time. So you have to be patient as you kind of, as you stack things up. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a very good model. And if you're signing a 10 year agreement, okay. So it takes you five years to get to max, max number. And then you buy your next one. Or, you know, we have seen a lot of people start with two territories. We have not allowed anyone to buy more than two. Um, I guess one other than Jason and Tyson, other than Jason and Tyson, only because they were, they were the highest qualified. They had multiple team members. They had a full-time guy and a part-time guy. So unless you come in with a massive team, we've said, look, we'll give you a right of first offer. Start smart because if in six months, like what's six months, 
in six months, if you're crushing it, you're going to feel great about binding another territory. If in six months you're still hitting that learning curve, well, great. Then you know what? Focus on what you're doing. You can have a really nice business here. And if in a year you decide for some reason, which is very, very rare, it almost never happens, but if it does, you decide it's not for you after a year, great, you've got a nice little business you sell, you make two extra money, okay, not a bad use of your time. Like there is no downside if you approach it smart and you go at it from the right angle and you show up ready to work hard every day. And so we're we're just, we're very long-term thinkers and we are very focused on, you know, open rates and in our open rates you can open you know the first week you get back <laughs> and so it's uh it's it, it's really good it's been one of the best decisions i've ever made in my entire life to kind of take my own entrepreneurial journey to you know start this franchise platform and it helps when i talk to I, most of the, the people a lot of times too their first time sometimes we're getting second franchise owners but usually the main person that's running it often it's the first time they've ran a business and so they're taking that leap with their life savings and I can take them through, you know, my journey. Like, Hey, here's how I got here. We hit COVID right after we bought the business. Couldn't have been 12 months <laughs> in and bam, everything came to a screeching halt. And because, and I'll say call the franchisees. Like we've been through plenty of problems in life. We knew exactly how to approach it. We, we hunkered down, we watched the expenses, we were inspirational to the franchisees because we knew they weren't calling us to hear us whine. It was, we'll listen to your problems, now here's some ideas on how to fix it, right? They're coming to us for energy, for passion, for solutions. And it carried through and we emerged one of the strongest platforms in the industry. And so it's all worked out, but uh, every entrepreneurial journey has bumps and that's okay. It should. They make great stories down the road. <laughs> They do. And that's, that's how you learn. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I've owned several businesses now and I've had bumps in the road and each of them, I mean, you need to turn them into a positive and not dwell on them and uh, learn from them. So, okay. You mentioned uh, you can get out of training, you know, really open up your business the next week. What type of help, Jessica, does uh, the corporate office help with in, I guess, lead generation or recruitment of coaches and so forth? Because the two things you need are coaches and you need kids. You do. Yeah. This is one of those things, and I'll use a a cheesy analogy now that I used to talk about at the the brand that I came from before I started doing what I do. So if, if people have seen and most have the movie Cast Away, you know, with Tom Hanks, and he ends up stranded on this island and he's got to figure out what he's going to do from a resource perspective. And to me, one of the most important things for new franchisees, like John said, especially franchisees who come in and don't have entrepreneurial experience or experience with franchise systems, you don't want them to feel like Tom, you know, like with Wilson as their only friend, (laughs) they need people, support, infrastructure. It's cheesy, you know, but it's true. And so, um, in my opinion, you know, and based on my experience, soccer, these guys, they over support, they over support because they want to, um, you know, because they know that they need to. So what I mean by that is all new franchisees have, um, they have a dedicated advisor. They also are partnered with a franchisee mentor, which I think is brilliant. That's something that we didn't do where I came from that was requested all the time from new franchisees. 
They also send somebody in market, so in person, to go visit all new franchisees so that they have the firsthand experience of seeing what are these conversations at the preschool or the school? What do those look like um, You know, beyond just the training itself? What do we want to make sure that we cover when we're training our first one or two instructors? What does that look like? What are we looking for as far as their execution of the curriculum, understanding the technology? So there's twofold support in that way. And then in addition to that, and this is something that I find a lot of people are really drawn to or intrigued by as well. When people think about the mobility part of this, they understand pretty quickly, okay, this is mobile. It's not a brick and mortar facility. They get that, right? That's easy enough to understand. So then their mind goes to though, like, where do I start as a new franchisee, right? Like, am I just Googling, you know, a list of schools or like, what does that look like for me? And sometimes there can be fear there, right? And so it's our job to kind of fill in those gaps. So Soccer Stars provides all new franchisees with a list of what we call qualified locations. So that makes it very clear to them. And then they work with them on the execution of that list and planning and strategy. So they're not having to figure that out themselves. That's something that's provided to them. Um, and then, and, you know, in addition to that, and I recognize that I'm biased, but it's just a really great group of people to work with. Um, you know, I can remember with Melinda and Landon, who I mentioned earlier, they had sent me a text when they were in the latter stages of the process. And they had, they had said, they said, you know, we'd really like to work with Bob and we were going to ask you if we could work with Bob. But then we thought, you know what, Ruthie's actually really great to, you know, and they just said, it doesn't matter who it is. Like that's how they felt about the team. So just a really, really good group of people. They know their stuff and they're very involved as it relates to franchisee support over the course of the first quarter, but beyond that throughout the first year, you know, as well as needed. I love the analogy because that is what it feels like. You, you've made this investment, you've gone through training and now then it's like almost a, Holy crap. Where do I go now? <laughs> you go to Manhattan, right? And and Soccer Stars is it's if you if you go to Manhattan where this their office is located, our office is located, it's like an institution. There I couldn't believe it. I said this to my husband when I got home. There are kids in these soccer star shirts. They're everywhere. They're like at Central Park and you know, but then to your point, Stacey, it's like you get back to Nebraska or wherever you are, and there's that feeling like like that gulp, right? Of okay, and you know, so in this case, they're armed with the tools, the technology, the qualified locations list, but also with the people, you know, day one upon return home from the training. So. All right. On a last note, uh, I did a little reconnaissance myself here in Palm Beach County uh, earlier this morning. So I want to ask you about competition. And so I just put in soccer training and I mean, I didn't look, you know, a lot of different things come up, academies, what have you. Nope. What does the your competitive landscape look like, John? Yeah. So it kind of looks similar to, you know, I always use the analogy of like you get a cheeseburger every five feet in the country, right? And there's soccer every five feet. But what, what most people don't understand is 90% of the soccer that is being done probably closer to 95% is being done most likely by a nonprofit club. It looks like your town club, like it's Palm Beach Soccer Club, but it's actually been around since probably the 60s, the 80s, formed by a parent volunteer board run by volunteers. And so if you look at most of our competitors, their models are to go head to head with those clubs. And we have big businesses where we partner. We go and say, listen, you got stuck in a 40 hour a week coaching job you never wanted. And your kid is now grading out, but nobody wants to take your role. And so here's what we'll do. 
bring in one of our trainers and let's partner them with your parent volunteers. We'll basically run the classes. The parent can either help corral kids or if they know soccer, they can dive in. Or if they just want to sit there in a lawn chair and, and just, you know, have a drink, that's fine too. And so we start off by going to all those clubs and saying, hey, we're here and we will be the feeder system for the future of your club. And here's how we do it. And we have a whole system. And so we'll never take your kids. We're not trying to start travel teams unless we see a huge void in the market. We do it in a couple of places. But for the most part, if you've got a great travel program, great. We'll just keep feeding the kids up. Nobody wants to babysit these kids on, on, on uh, Saturday morning anyways as a parent volunteer after their kid is outside of that age. And so what we found is the busier, more modern parent just doesn't have the time. They all love volunteering, but like I volunteered, I was the worst volunteer ever because I could only show up to half the practices, right? And so the that is where we start. Then you look out on the landscape and yes, there is competition even doing what we're doing in a, in a class-based business. And yet no matter, even where we are in New York City, as we've been here since 2000, right? It's 22 years. We still don't have every nook and cranny. It is impossible to get them all. There are always gaps. And the reason is, if I'm running a class here, you could always spin up a class right across the street in the park across the street. And usually what happens, they both actually fill up, believe it or not, because you found customers that lived on that side of the street that didn't want to cross over with their kids. It wasn't convenient. So you basically created the demand and found a whole new group of customers. And so if you do run in head-to-head, then we have a bunch of techniques of, okay, number one, check on their quality because talk about why we do visual imagery. We always say like the kids, think of our class like a superhero movie where the kids are the superheroes and the goals and cones are the props, oh. right? And it's imagery and it's just bring things to life. And so that sometimes sets us apart. Again, it's that In-N-Out burger versus any other burger. Or sometimes that person is doing a great job. They're an awesome coach, and we tell everybody we don't bash anybody because if you come in and you talk bad about a program, what are you teaching the kids, right? Like, what type of person are you? So, great. You know, we love the kids are getting active. That's our mission. Again, why it's important to have the mission first before money, right? Because that will shine through. Hey, by the way, a lot of people that are hardcore into soccer and start their own local business, they don't do tots. Is it, do you, are you guys doing parent and me or are you doing the TOTS program? Oh, no. We don't have anybody that wants to do the 18-month-old to three-year-olds. Great. We'll get in here. We'd love to start there. Don't need to take that, that other person's business. Let them keep running. They're doing great things for kids in the community, too. We know the owners of every other soccer shots and Mighty Kicks and all these other brands. We know them all really well because it's a big market. It's not like we're all competing for one shelf space at Walmart. And so we encourage our franchisees, get to know the other owners around there. Like you, you can pretend you're at war with those people all day. You cannot get every piece of business in your market. It's impossible. And so don't be that person that's at war with everybody in the community. That's not what, what this is about. And, and it's, it's very unique to this industry because I came from some very, very competitive industries where, man, like you were sweating when you went in to sell your uh, billiard table to Walmart or your, you know, lawn game. or you better not mess up that sale, right? <laughs> you lose that one skew, you lost a couple million bucks, right? And so this is just not that. And the owners that take that mentality do really, really well. No, that's that's a great response. And I love that, you know, stay hyper-focused on your business and growing your business versus worrying about the others out there and, and actually make friends with the others out there. 
Um, and I would quickly, just really quickly add, I know we're probably close to time, Stacey, but when that, because that question comes up, there is not a single person who comes through the process that doesn't bring that up, not one. Absolutely. And they certainly bring it up when they're validating with franchisees as well. And it's funny because every time it'll, it'll be, you know, it's either, well, soccer shots is close by or, you know, happy feet. Like, there's always one. And truly there has, there are no franchisees who say that having competition, whether it's soccer shots or little kickers or what, whichever, um, is something that is a significant hindrance to them doing what they're doing. It just isn't and something that usually because when you zoom into a map, let's say you go to one of the other brands, you zoom into a map, and it looks like a lot of pins on the map. You go, oh my God, there's 30 pins. So okay, let's assume there's 10 kids in every class. There's 300 kids. Okay, there's 400,000 people in this territory and 100,000 kids. Like they got 300. Go focus on the other, you know, 99, whatever that math works. Like, there's so much opportunity to service the market. It, that's why at the beginning I said it's kind of, it feels like it's infinite. It's not, but it feels like it. Um, and, you know, it'll probably be that way for a long time. No, it, uh, all great comments. And I think that, uh, you know, a couple things about soccer stars – specifically that I keep going back to is to really, you know, focus on those differentiators, the, the technology platform, the assistance from the corporate office. I mean, those to me are huge differentiators because again, you have a lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say unorganized, but you do have a lot of volunteer type, uh, soccer practices and entities out there that do not have the support, the strength, and the technology of soccer stars. So John and Jessica, you guys have been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I cannot wait to send this podcast and information to that client in Oklahoma that I was telling you about. So hopefully I'll be making an introduction to you sooner rather than later. And honestly, I look so forward to watching this brand grow. Thank you.